where do the Capitals go next after the stadium series next on Locked on Caps? Your Locked on Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about March 3rd is looming and are the Caps going to be buyers or sellers? And then we'll talk about even with Ovi Backstrom and Dowd back in the lineup, is this team still a contender? And then later we will talk about this week's games against the Red Wings, Ducks, and Rangers. But in this episode, we are happy to have Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Podcast. Bob, welcome back to the show. Dan, thank you for having me so much. I'm joining everybody from the road today. I'm on my way back from a wedding in New Jersey. So and that, that's why my voice kind of makes me sound like J.P. Finley here. <laughs> so just and don't worry, my wife's driving right now. So we're good. Everything, everything is safe there. So the Caps are ha- coming off a rough weekend, a 4-1 to loss in the stadium series. The Caps have now lost four in a row and are 0-3 since Ovechkin left to go back home to be with his family uh, because of the passing of his father. Uh, they have surrendered the game's first goal in each game during the losing streak and have been outscored 17-6. to What is your outlook for this team ultimately going forward? Um, is it all doom and gloom, or is there any chance for them to salvage this season? I mean... You know, when you look at the standings, you'd say, sure, there's a there's a chance for them to salvage the, the season. They're still only, I think, one point out of that second wild card spot. But, yeah, the trajectory has to have you uh, with a 10 bell with a 10 bell alarm going off right now because, you know, the free fall that they're in right now uh, just has them. You know, again, on that trajectory where they're not—they're looking like they're not going to be making the playoffs for the first time in what seven, eight, nine years. So, yeah, I'm extremely concerned right now. So, and taking a look at it, if they do in fact miss the playoffs, this will be the first time since 2014 with Adam Oates pushing the buttons for the Capitals there. So, it has been some time. Uh, We do take a look at the standings here. The Caps are currently in sixth place with 62 points. Bo Horvat and the Islanders, it seems like that's paying dividends for the Islanders, 63 points, Penguins 63 points, and then to top it off, Rangers 75, Devils 79, and the Hurricanes 82. So for me, I think the Hurricanes, Devils, and the Rangers have that locked down. There's no question I think if you're a Capitals fan, the thing that you have to hope for is that the Islanders or the Penguins go on a losing streak. And when Ovi and uh, Dowd and Backstrom, you know, with those guys all back in the lineup, they can hopefully find a way to turn it around. Is that your assessment? Yeah, it really is. You know, I, I didn't answer that first, that second part of your question. Are they still contenders? 
I think the great thing about hockey is that if you get into the playoffs, everybody's a contender because if your goalie goes on a heater, it, it so evens everything out. But from a regular season standpoint, you know, it, it, you can tell that the, the first three teams you mentioned in the division, that talent level is unfortunately just so much higher than what the Caps have right now. And you're right. When Obi comes back and when Dowd comes back and, you know, they get to start uh, playing a little bit more with Backstrom, yeah, I think they can still make the playoffs. But, you know, I, I think it is a big question that Brian McClellan's got to answer um, is, you know, where does this team go from here? Um, you know, you were talking about the trade deadline. I think maybe they're going to have to be sellers because even with Ovi in the lineup, this team can't score goals this year. Uh, I mean, you know, even before he left, you know, how many 3-2-2-1 decisions did we see him dropping? So there's a lot of questions right now for this organization, I think. So, I mean, this team has been much improved with Nick Backstrom back into the lineup. We knew that his projection originally was yeah. that he wasn't supposed to be here until the end of the season or maybe next season. But he has come back and contributed, and ultimately I think he is helping the Caps as best as he can. But another player of huge impact as well is John Carlson, the number one blue liner for the Caps right now. They've had good contributions from Gustafson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk and pretty much Orloff, everyone on the blue line. But again, it's kind of walking on eggshells. And if one of those guys got injured, it could spell the end of the season. Because let's take a look at the depth chart. It's Alexiev and Lucas Johansson. And I guess you could put Irwin in there as that depth piece as well. Uh, speak to me a little bit about the importance of John Carlson and how he's been. It's been noticeable that he hasn't been in the lineup. And, and you know, where to me where it's really been noticeable, and you're absolutely right, but even more so than on the blue line, has been on the power play, especially the last four games or so. I mean, you know, Ovi kind of covered that up a little bit, but now without Ovechkin and without Carlson on the power play, it, it's just looked lost. Um, again, I, you know, it's and while Carlson's play is important on the blue line, I do think that, you know, the great goaltending has helped keep them in it. But, yeah, you've absolutely got to get Carlson back for um, for the stretch run if you want to have any hope of doing this. Yeah, so some tough questions ahead for the Capitals, that is for sure. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the free agents on this team and which ones are coming back and which ones will they ultimately move on from. We'll talk about that next. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sports app, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bet. That's back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And guys, not even if you're not into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Wizards 
Wizards game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Bob Matthews of the Bob Matthews Podcast. So now that we are inching closer and closer to March 3rd, uh, we were talking about being buyers or sellers and ultimately what direction do the Capitals go in? So some of the biggest free agents, and I think one of the biggest players for me that is going to move on just based on his contract is Lars Eller. Um, It would be my hope that they can maybe bundle him together with Anthony Mantha and get both of their contracts off the book and move on to other things. Where do you think the Caps move on from first? I think that you just hit it right on the head, Dan. Um, And, you know, you hate it because, and we talked about this, I think, last time I was on, you know, Lars Eller, literally the guy that scored the biggest goal in in franchise history but it's just to the point now where where he and mantha those are probably two of the guys you're going to get the most for um in a a, in a trade deadline deal and what does this organization need we've said it for years it needs draft picks high draft picks to restock that farm system and so you just you know you knew that that it was at the point where um this year where they were going to have to start we knew that you know we were going to start seeing some of those core guys were going to have to leave just because it's the nature of the beast um and and i really think that that maybe ted leonsis and and brian mcclellan need to go to Ovi and say look we've got to have a conversation here I know we said two years ago that, you know, we're going to keep this core together and you're not going to have to go through a rebuild mode. But I think the writing's just on the wall here. You see, unless things just massively turn around in the next in the next couple of months, you know, they've got to inject a lot of youth into this team um, to set it up for the future. Because if not, you're really looking at at a team that's going to be in a world of hurt, I think, in another couple of years. Yeah, and some interesting moves out there as well. We saw that Joe Snively uh, got reassigned down to Hershey, and Dylan Mickelrath got the call-up, a big bruising defenseman, the captain of your Hershey Bears. I ultimately think what's behind that is they want to see what they have in-house before they go on and make any movements. For me, Dylan Mickelrath is a huge dude, over six six foot tall. I want to say he's 230 pounds. Maybe the answer on the blue line is within the house, within the Capitals organization. Why not see what they have in-house before they go out and get a rental or something like that? What are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. And for that matter, although, and I'm kind of puzzled by it because he was a healthy scratch two games in a row, but, you know, when are you going to give Hendricks LaPierre a shot? I mean, he, he did show that he wasn't really overwhelmed in those six games that he played with the Caps last year to, to start the uh, year. And, you know, uh, uh, Connor McMichael, um, you know, when are you going to bring him back up and, you know, see if, if you do really need to move on from him or if he's learned something uh, down there in Hershey 
And then the kid who, because I'm, I'm in the car right now, but uh, whose name escapes me, um, the second on the team in points uh, behind Scarabosa. Um, and, and, you know, they've been talking about him as, as having an incredible season down here. So, you know, when are you going to get him up, up here? Uh, again, I know that they told Ovi, you know, you're not going to have to go through a rebuild, but it's just, you know, circumstances are, stuck, are such that you got to see uh, how some of these kids are are going to perform. And again, there's another reason that, um, you know, to move uh, Larzell, you know, you got to create some space, especially at center, in order to, to see what a couple of these young kids can do. And you kind of feel bad for Joel Snively. All he did is get called up the morning of the game pretty much and contribute. He got a goal, for God's sake. And then he still got reassigned. You know, the hard thing for me as a Caps fan and kind of frustrating is that they don't promote a lot from within. Martin Faravari is the first player in quite some time that has had a regular role on the Capitals getting called up. You know, you could take a look at some other players that they've moved on from over the years, but before that it was Wilson and before that Holtby. Um, You know, you could take a look at different players like Alexi Protus, I guess, but he kind of bounces up and down. I would say that Faravari is the first one in quite some time that has solidified a spot on this team. I'm not really sure why that is. You take a look around the league, you see guys getting promoted from the AHL and ECHL affiliates, and they find a role on this team. Why are the Capitals so reluctant to get younger? For me, kind of the rumblings I'm hearing is that Peter Laviolette and before that Barry Trotz, they were reluctant to plug in these kind of unproven commodities. What do you know about that? I I think that just uh, the, the, the late Rich Tandler, um, always said, uh, watch what they do, not what they say. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at both of their actions, and I think you're absolutely right. I think for whatever reason, um, they don't, you know, they are reluctant to bring up kids, and they would rather have veterans that are either established on the team or, you know, that they know from around the league. Now, of course, having said that, you know, we're also in a situation with this organization where the roster's been incredibly consistent for a number of years because it was successful. You know, there was no, when you, even in the years before the cup, um, when, you know, they're losing in the first round or the second round, it's like, when you look at it at the end of the year, how could you think about making wholesale changes to a team that won the president's trophy the year? that it, you know, racked up 105 points the year before, was winning its division year in and year out. So it's it's been a really, it's been an interesting situation um, for the Caps. And, and now they're in a new one, I think, and they they can't be afraid of, of bringing up some of these kids and seeing what they've got. I would say it's a great idea to do that just because you've got such veteran leadership that can show them how to be an NHL player. So another player that's a bit interesting, uh, I'm hearing some rumblings that, uh, you know, maybe there a possibility of moving Hendricks Lop here. And I don't have this on any authority, but he was a healthy scratch yet again. Um, when they were questioned about it, they said it was because they were hoping that he would get a reset uh, and that he hasn't scored a goal in quite some time. You know, it is an interesting move, Hendricks Lop here. I kind of revere him as one of the crown jewels of the Washington Capitals uh, prospects, I guess you could say. But ultimately, if these guys aren't producing, would they be best to move on from someone like Hendricks Lapierre 
and get someone that maybe will give them a better chance at scoring? Or do you think that's what's really going on, is that he's just having a reset? Yeah, I I mean, personally, I hope that's what it is. Um, Yeah, obviously, McClellan, the coaches down at Hershey, they know a lot more about Hendricks here than I do from an expert standpoint. But I would not want to see them move on from him or, or trade him for some sort of, you know, veteran presence that they think is going to add down the stretch and might get him the second wild card spot. I mean, the kid's only, what, 20 years old, I think. Uh, you know, give him some time. It could, you know, he may just be in a slump. I hope that's what it is. Um, and I hope they don't misread the situation because, you know, he is one of those guys, you know, he was a guy that had a top 10 draft grade, only slipped because of the health issues. You know, you were talking incredible value that you got for him there in the draft. I think it would be a disservice to the organization not to see, you know, not not to roll with him, bring him up, um, see what he can do. I think it's a, a more, the odds are much better that he'll become a quality, you know, top six NHL player then it would be, you know, the trade him and, and, you know, think he's flaming out or something. Yeah, it's tough questions. And, you know, I think that we are going to see some big movement. Uh, There's some players that, you know, Caps fans and myself included have grown to love and followed. You know, you look at Hathaway and Connor Sherry and Marcus Johansson. There's just a huge list of players that could potentially not be coming back next season. But it's my belief that if it's for the greater good of this team, uh, then I'm all about it. If you want to take a look at a situation that went wrong, in my opinion, take a look at the Washington Nationals, where they went through that huge rebuild and retooling, tear it down to the studs. And uh, subsequently, they've kind of been wandering out in the wilderness. But all right, so after the break here, we will talk about the games uh, coming up this week and how these are ultimately must-wins. I know I spoke about last week that those games were must-win, but these games are must-win. We'll talk about that next. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now, I've been taking it for about a few months here, and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. Now, I personally take it because I have young children at home, and maybe you can relate if you have kids that you need that boost of energy. So it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the games this week. They take on the Red Wings next, and then the Anaheim Ducks, and then the bookend game is the Rangers. 
Uh, if there's one thing I noticed is the Caps found a way. They were fi- they found a way to muster and kind of pull all together to take down at the time what was the number one team in the NHL, Boston Bruins, and then they fell flat on their face against the San Jose Sharks, who were seventh in the Pacific. What gives here? Why can they find a way to rally the troops, if you will, to, to beat a big opponent like the Bruins and then fall flat on their face against the Sharks? <laughs> that's the, I think that's that's the $64,000 question. I think Lobby would uh, hire you as an assistant if you could answer that one from him, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough thing. So let's take a look at it ahead. They play the Red Wings next. And if you take a look in the standings, they are not doing that well. But it's my assessment. It's my belief here that they have to put that team next in the crosshair. I know it would be easy for me if I was a hockey player to be worrying about the game this weekend against the Rangers, who are number two in the Metro. But for me, isn't isn't that what it's all about? It's just concentrating at the task at hand. And in this case, it's the Red Wings. Yeah, well, uh, you know, it's like uh, Davey Martinez, uh, the Nationals manager, um, always says, go and maybe the silver lining to this playoff predicament right now is they got to get points anywhere they can. So they can't look ahead to the Rangers this weekend. Um, and, you know, and, and the Red Wings aren't going to be an, an easy win either. I mean, this team's on a heater. I think they've won – four in a row or something like that last time I checked the standings. Um, so, you know, they're going to have their hands full there. Um, I think it, TJ Oshie, I think, said it after uh, the stadium series game in Raleigh that for them the playoff starts right now. And I, I think he's absolutely right. You know, this, this team has got to gobble up points in a hurry. And, you know, they can't just say, oh, well, you know, well, we're we're going to play our best game of the week against the Rangers. They got to play their best game of the week every single night. Now, the one thing that can give you some optimism if, you know, you're you're looking at it is that stadiums, you know, the game in Raleigh aside, uh, the last couple maybe, you know, the goaltending has really, really been good this year. So as long as they can figure out a way to start scoring some goals, maybe they could be okay. Yeah, I mean, that was the tough one. You know, I held out hope. I was optimistic. I spoke about last week how those games were must win, and they lost every single game. And, you know, that was one of the things I talked about. That was someone taking a pick and sticking it in the side of your tires, and any confidence and swagger that you had just got vacuum up in there. So, but moving on, you got to brush it off and you got to move on or you may as well just wrap it up. Listen, NHL players are players that play with pride. If you listen to TJ Oshie, if you listen to a lot of the other guys out on the ice, they're not, it's not not doom and gloom. They're not setting up tea time yet. So I do think that intrinsically this team has what it takes within them. They have a pedigree of winning. You take a look at Oshie, you take a look at Carlson when he's back and Wilson and Baxterman. and you know, it's there. The ingredients are in the pot. I just think that they got to learn how to play hockey again. I do think they have it within them. Do do I think they're going to win a Stanley Cup? I I that's that's out there. My goal for them, you know, people forget about making it to the second or third round. I want them to make it to the playoffs. Period. But if they yeah. are going to do it, they're going to have to take down the Wings and the Ducks. You know, let's talk about the Ducks. They're a deplorable team, one of the worst in the NHL. But that seems to me a little bit like the game against the San Jose Sharks where they're going to be like, easy out, guys. I don't know if you ever played baseball, but one guy would come up to bat. Easy out, easy out. 
I don't want the Capitals to look at the Anaheim Ducks as an easy out. I want them to take a look at them and be like, we're hitting them with both barrels and we must win this game. What do you think? No, I think you're absolutely right. And the one thing I think we have to remember and maybe enjoy about the Capitals as an organization is this is a team and this is an organization I think that you can give the benefit of the doubt to. Uh, you can't do that with the commanders, certainly. Um, and the Wizards, you know, please, and, and, and the Nats, God love them, are, are in a rebuild. But just the history of this organization says you can give this team the benefit of the doubt that they will do that. They'll give you, an, and last week, not a sign, but they will give you an honest effort this week against the Red Wings, as you said, against the Ducks, and maybe even against the Rangers. Because, again, nine years in a row they've made the playoffs. So until they're eliminated or until they're on the brink, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt and say at some point they're going to get this figured out. And, again, it's about scoring goals. I really think if this team could come out and get a couple of early goals every game, that would that would open the floodgates, but it's just I think they're so, they get so frustrated when you get to the first intermission and maybe they're up one nothing or they're down one nothing and their goaltenders had to make a bunch of great saves keep them in it and then they start pressing. So you know the key is get in front early and then step on these guys' throats down the stretch. All right, Bob. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Why don't you tell all of our listeners and viewers where we can find your work? You can find us on the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, uh, give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Matthews 965. Every time we drop a new episode, uh, we'll put it up there. And for all of you who are, who are Dan's fans, we will have Dan on our show coming up very, very soon. So stick around for that as well. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.